Hey everyone, it's Andy and Phil. We're your co-hosts for the Burning Creative Podcast. For those of you who don't know us, we're the partners over at Muddy Shutter Media and we're excited to have you listening to our show. This is a podcast about creativity, inspiration, and passion in the creative community. This show is sponsored and supported by MSM and therefore, no ads, all talk. We hope you enjoy the content and don't forget to subscribe, like, and follow our Instagram page at Burning Creative Podcast. Jumping right in, let's introduce today's guest. Okay, so today we have Kelsey Johnson, otherwise known as K-Ray Art, right? That's right. Cool. So thanks again for being on the show today. And yeah, so if you could tell us about a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do and, you know, where you are. And uh, yeah, let's, let's start with that. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is super exciting that you're doing the podcast. Yeah, I'm Kelsey Johnson. I'm a lot of things, but mostly I focus on my art. So I'm an artist located in Bozeman, Montana. I've been here for about two months. So this is my new home. And I'm also a professional agriculturist. So I have a full-time sales position with an agricultural company. That's kind of my professional career. But adventurer, aspiring photographer, artist, lover of the outdoors, hunter, all of the above. <laughs> awesome. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of us are kind of kind of in the same boat, you know, like we're everything kind of spans from the outdoors and we each kind of have our little passion within, you know, within that outdoor realm. Mm-hmm. So I I'm curious, how is it uh, how's the, the life balance like being, you know, a full-time agriculturalist and an artist, you know, what's, is that, you know, is that kind of hard to juggle? It is. It's a constant struggle. I wouldn't say there's any like method to my madness. I'm always trying to figure out what that balance looks like. My work schedule is very flexible. I work remote. So I fortunately have the ability to work from home, which allows me to get a lot more artwork done. You know, I can take breaks and work on stuff and I draw a lot in the evenings. I also take smaller drawings with me on the road when I'm traveling for work so I can sit in a hotel room and sketch it up at night. And it's just fitting it all in when you can. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. So how many drawings would you kind of do at the same time? Um, Right now I'm starting on two at the same time because they kind of coincide. But usually I only work on one at a time. They take me very long. So I Mm -hmm. I like to just start on one, focus on it and, uh, you know, finish them one by one. Gotcha. And so for people that haven't seen your work, and I'm going to tell them, go look at Kelsey's work because it's awesome. How would you describe your work? So I I try to dabble in the realm of hyper-realism. So what that means is I work from images primarily and taking an image that I see and translating it as realistically as possible to paper. I'll be the first to admit I'm not very creative in my own right with my artwork. It is very much a translation of what I see. And I try to, whether that's with graphite, which would be black and white, or with colored pencil, just make it as real as possible in relation to the image that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting that you said that your creativity, you know, that you don't consider yourself creative, but that, <laughs> wouldn't you say that that's kind of like creativity is in itself as you see something and then you translate it into your own medium or your own voice, so to speak? Yeah, it's all relative. I, I say that in comparison, thinking in my head about, you know, abstract artists or artists that create their own design from just whatever is in their head. You know, I really am just a translator of images that I see. But 
I would say, you know, it is art, right? It is a form of creation. So, right. And it's interesting because I was at an event, and obviously, I'm going to try to keep this as general as possible to not single out the, the, the person. But I remember I was at an event, and I I showed the person the drawing that you did for No Limits Kennels with Penny. Yep. And the person was like, oh, well, she's just like copying the image. Like, that's not special. And I looked at the person, I was like, what? What did you mm-hmm. just say? Like, dude. I'm sure that you can't do it. You know, it's like, so I, I kind of took offense to it almost because for photographers, right? Like mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh my gosh, that photographer is so creative. Or it's like, well, we're really just taking an image of something that's existing already. And right. like you said, translating into how we see it or or like portraying in, in a way that most people won't see it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was interesting. And, and of course, like you said, it's relative, right? Some people will just be like, oh, well, like photography, you're just taking a picture of like what's there already or whatever. So how did you get started in all of this? I've always drawn from, I mean, before I could remember, I, I, it's just something you do, you know, when you're little, mm-hmm. you draw. But for me, it, it develops over the years. And I noticed in middle school and high school that I kind of had a knack for it. Right. And I never Mm -hmm. took any crazy classes. I was in kind of an advanced level in high school of art and created a portfolio for a competition, you know, got a scholarship through that and decided not to go to art school. I went to business school instead. And (laughs) yeah, for agriculture. So I just, yeah, it's like totally different. Totally different. I, I, I knew that I was able to, to draw, it just, I didn't think I could do anything with it, you know, in life or mm-hmm. go down that career path. And then it's funny because I was, I would draw one thing a year just to get it out of my system, really. And I, mm-hmm. I drew uh, an elk for Seth just for the hell of it when we were first uh, talking. And he said, you know, you should really try to do that more. or You yeah. should try to sell that. And I didn't take him seriously. And then I just, you know, dabbled in it a little more. And then JC came along and bought some of my artwork. And through that, some people came more interested in it. And it's mm-hmm. really only taken off in the last year. Yeah, that's crazy. It's so, it's just so crazy how, how things can just take off. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that quickly, but it seems that way to people, right? They're like, oh, oh yeah. wow, like this person just came out of nowhere. But, but lo and behold, You've been practicing your skills since high school, you said, mm-hmm. and, and it's taken a lot of time and practice for you to generate the ability to create these these drawings. It's so interesting that you just that you just said you kind of split off from that creative path mm-hmm. and went to business school, you know, mm-hmm. because I think you and I shared the same path there where I, I don't tell people this much, but I guess I, I will now. I actually wanted to be a, a cartoonist. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, I wanted to be a cartoonist and, you know, drew a lot and always laid up like up at night sketching and stuff and then inking it, you know, with like an inking pen. And like you said, when it came to kind of split that path, you know, my parents were like, well, I'm not sure a cartoonist can make a living in the world. So I was like, well, I like drawing and I guess I have to do something more business oriented. <laughs> so, you know, I became an architect. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting that people reach this path in their life where like they really have a passion for something. And then it's like reality kicks in and it's like, eh, maybe not, you know, but then it's funny that you kind of came back to that. 
Yeah, it's which is really cool. That's kind of unfortunate that that happens to a lot of people because you know I wonder what would have happened if you would have taken that up and ran with it. Who knows? You know. Well, it's funny because I tell my mom all this. You know, every time I see her, she was like, she told me that cartoonists and animators don't make a lot of money, and now it's like, mom, like. Pix, like people at Pixar make so much money and like, you know, there, there's such a, like a market out there for like animation and like all this stuff. And mm-hmm. she's, yeah. So I give her a hard time about it, but I guess I wouldn't be here talking to you if I went down that path. That's a, that's the <laughs> job of parents, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what is it like in terms of your process? Like what's your process? Like when you start an image all the mm-hmm. way through to delivering it to a client, you know, how, what's that like for you? Yeah. So for commissions, so I do kind of two different things and I'm actually putting a hold on commissions right now because I'm trying to build up my own portfolio for my website and I'd like to have some space in some galleries. But if it's a commission based type of thing, I'll usually get an image from a customer that wants, you know, whatever drawn. I primarily did people's dogs before, but I I recently just got kind of an old timey photo of this guy's great great-grandfather, which was super cool to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of branching out that way. But, you know, what? whatever image it is that I'm working from, if it's an image that I'm working from for my own portfolio, I'll usually try to find something that inspires me, right? And right now I'm really feeling the Western vibe thing. So <laughs> just looking for old-timey photos or photos of wildlife that really embodies, you know, the West. So when I start, I will either grid out, I don't know if you've ever seen this be done, but I'll, I'll make a grid mm-hmm. of the image and yep. use that grid to kind of find the whereabouts or a lot of times to save time because I'm trying right. to crank these things out, I'll backlight it and just trace the outline so I can mm-hmm. get kind of my yep. bearings for, you know, where the eye is and where yep. things go. And then from then on, I just, it's super informal. I just set my computer in front of me with the picture there (laughs) and I work left to right. I mean, I just draw what I see left to right and that's how it all comes together. I don't, you know, have a process. It's just drawing. (laughs) That's funny because that's, you know, that's like your process right there. It's like in a a nutshell. But Mm -hmm. so in terms of inspiration, like, do you, do you have almost like a formal way that you, you know, I don't know if it's, Every morning you kind of look at stuff like on your feed or in mm-hmm. books or, you know, where, where do you go to most for your inspiration for your art? Is there like a single or two or three sources that you, you like to go to? It's just a compilation of everything that I really pay attention to, right? So Instagram is great. It's a great resource. I follow a lot of wildlife photographers, a lot of jewelry makers, other artists, people that have made a living in the West, hunters, outdoorsmen, you know, conservationists, and kind of the combination of all those things come together. And, you know, if I'm looking at Instagram, I can scroll through and see you know, what people are doing, what's inspiring other people. Wildlife is a big part of what drives me. So I, I, like I said, I follow a lot of wildlife photographers and I'll see a photo that someone took and either I'll want to use that or it'll inspire Mm -hmm. me to go search for some other images. Mm -hmm. Bozeman has been extremely inspiring to me, just living here and being in the West and being in the mountains, spending time hiking and being out there. And, you know, my friend group, they're they're all into that as well. Music, you know, just I'm, it's kind of a combination of just everything that I pay attention to that drives me Mm -hmm. to choose the images that I work from. Yeah, absolutely. So how, 
you you said you recently moved. How has that move kind of? And you kind of touched a little bit about it at at the end of that that sentence. There it was like your friend group and everybody mm-hmm. kind of like spurs you into to all this stuff, right? Whether it's like going hiking or hunting or fishing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed a big impact in your work since you've moved? <laughs> yeah, I am yeah. extremely distracted here. <laughs> it is much harder to focus. You know, previously for two years, I lived in Lincoln, Nebraska, and all yeah. I had there was my job, right? So when I wasn't working, I was drawing. There wasn't a whole lot of outdoor opportunities that I was seeking for me. So I would spend a lot more time drawing. I am extremely, you know, way more inspired here, but I have way too many hobbies and this place feels <laughs> that. So, uh, so I've been trying it's like to find a double edged sword. <laughs> yeah, right? It's it like is. that, that inspiration can also be your distraction, but it is, but I guess, I guess it's better than not having any inspiration. <laughs> right. Right. So I will find the time, but I'm still, you asked about balance earlier. This has kind of been a challenge, but yeah, definitely more inspired. Bozeman is such a hub and such a great place for artists as well. So, I've been working with a new printer and through that I've met a couple artists and people really can make a living here being in the art world. And that's been inspiring as well because I've seen other people's works and it's fueled me. Right. So are there artists that kind of do the same thing as you around Bozeman or, or Montana? Like, is there like a group of of people that you, you know that you can kind of reach out to and share to work with or. That is very much in the smaller stages right now. I mean, I've just kind mm-hmm. of met these people and have made acquaintances. I'm sure there's kind of the cliques of artists and the groups that I will maybe eventually find my way into. But again, Instagram's a great place for that. I've found right. some other hyper-realistic pencil artists online yeah. and it's inspiring to see their works as well. Right. It's, you know, it, it's kind of crazy. I think Instagram and stuff sometimes gets a bad rap about, you know, the whole like likes and the fakeness and all that stuff. But it's, I think it's really brought a lot of people together. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Seth and Rick is a prime example of that, me meeting them, you know, just kind of reaching out. And, and then of course, like how we, we started talking. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's, it's such a powerful tool to connect people that, and then you can visually see like that they're into the same stuff as you, you know, it's almost like, a weird way of like socially dating for, yeah, for your betting, for your click, you know, vetting, vetting your friends. It is right. <laughs> it's all in what you choose to pay attention to. You can find a lot online, whatever social forum you're in, yeah. to be you know have a problem with. But if you choose to look at the positive and share your experiences with other people, chances are you're going to fall in with others that you can relate to. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's kind of like a day to day for you? It's all over the board. Um, (laughs) And I'm still trying to figure that out, you know, being new to Bozeman. I should be traveling for work much more than I am. So I'm going to try to pick up the pace with that. But day to day in no specific order, I try to get a hike in, you know, I try to spend a little bit of time outdoors during Mm -hmm. the week, you know, putting in the time at my job. Of course, that's kind of a requirement, right? (laughs) I have to say that. And a little bit of drawing if I can. But, you know, I moved in with Seth now and Seth and Rick and I all live together. So we spend a lot of time in the evening cooking and we go on drives to, you know, take photos in the evening. So it's been a lot more down and social time for me, which is a good change because I didn't have that before. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like all work, all work, all work. Yeah, right? all work. Yeah. It's interesting because um, sometimes that can be really beneficial because you're almost like you pour your energy into an outlet. And mm -hmm. I, I assume that, you know, that was drawing for you, right? It was like you had work and then you came home and you're like, I need to draw. All the time. Really? Yeah, all the time because there's nothing yeah. else to do. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that can be pretty beneficial because I think you kind of start when you're in a position that you don't want to be in or some or a location like you, you almost mentally try to work your way out of it or try to tell yourself like, I need to do something different. Mm -hmm. you know, and suddenly, you know, you kind of start finding your own identity and like what you really want to do or where you really want to be. And so that's kind of my little long winded relation to that. But it, it's pretty cool that, you know, in within a year, a year span, you made that you know, move to Bozeman and you're, I mean, it's been awesome seeing you do that. Uh, yeah, it was fast. Everything changed for me. You know, I, I quit my company and I started with a new company. So career change, started mm -hmm. my art business, moved in with my boyfriend, moved halfway across the country, you know, kind of <laughs> all those things all in like two months. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's been great. And I'm looking forward to falling into a routine here that allows me to create more. So. Mm -hmm. And you're, Originally from Pennsylvania. Yep, Pittsburgh. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And where did you where did you go to school again? Penn State for college. Penn State. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's uh, weird because Seth went to Penn State too, right? Yes, he did. Were you, were you guys there at the same time? <laughs> we were for a year, and we were okay. actually in the same class together, but didn't meet officially until after after school. So that's a funny story, but. Yeah, we were in school together, kind of unknowingly to me. Yeah. He was aware. Oh, so, yeah. classic, classic guy meets girl, but won't, won't say anything or. Mm. In my well. defense, well, I was, <laughs> I was seeing somebody all throughout college at the time. So it just, you know, the stars did not align for us until afterwards. That's how that worked. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess Seth had had the Rick romance going. So yeah, the Rick romance. He was, he, was, he was good. He was good. <laughs> That's right. So, did you? When did you start hunting? Did you did you start hunting at the same time that you started drawing, or how did that come about? I started hunting probably about two and a half years ago. So fairly mm -hmm. new to the hunting world. I had always been extremely interested in the outdoors, you know, a hiker, uh, camper dabbled in some fishing. Mm -hmm. And I was actually, I wouldn't say against, but I never saw myself as a hunter until, until I met Seth and it wasn't only Seth, but I, I was introduced to the hunting community and the right. ethics and the culinary part of it. And, you know, that kind of planted a seed and grew my interest. And I, hunted for the first time, killed my first white-tailed deer. Uh, I'd say that was two years ago, fall two years ago. Mm -hmm. So that was the first time I hunted. And last year was my first turkey season and I wasn't successful, but I hunted really hard. And it's such a process when you're a new hunter. And I have been extremely fortunate to have the people that I have to lean on, you know, mm -hmm. Seth and Rick being the primary sources of information, but then everybody else that has helped me. Right. So yeah, I'm fairly new to hunting and learning every day about it. And it's just a great space to be, uh, you know, a new hunter. in. yeah. And how, um, has that kind of had an impact on how you, you view like wildlife 
and wildlife photography? Because before, I guess, for me, at least personally, you know, bison and elk and all that stuff, before I went out west, we're just, I just saw them through, you know, these photo books mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then you start hunting them and you're like, whoa, these things are like actually real creatures that are massive and beautiful at the same time. But I'm going to try to like harvest this thing, you know? It is so complex. I think that hunting can bring a greater appreciation for wildlife and just not even the animal, but the natural world around you to any aspect of your life. It's been a humbling experience and it it has grown me in other parts of my life. Mm -hmm. And how so? Not trying to get too deep, but you know, I'm just curious. No, that's a great question. It, it makes you look at things differently when you're out there. Mm-hmm. Right. So a large part of the hunting community that I really enjoy is the conservation side of things. So when you're out there hunting, you're learning about the animal, you're learning about the habitat, you're learning about other wildlife that's dependent mm-hmm. on that ecosystem as well. And you just get this sense, uh, this holistic sense of how it all comes together it's extremely humbling because it's dangerous Mm. and you're a lot of times when you're out there, you can't, you know, go get a burrito or it's, (laughs) uh, it's uncomfortable a lot of times. And, you know, you have to put in the work to be successful as a hunter. So that can be applied to any other part of your life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been able to learn more about myself that way. Yeah, absolutely. Do you ever think you'll do a solo hunt? Eventually I last year, I mean, I hunted solo all of turkey season on private land. So that Mm. was a pretty good introduction to solo hunting. Taught me a lot of patience. So going from hunting turkey on private land in the Midwest to hunting whatever you're hunting in the mountains of Montana or in the far West is a huge jump. I hope to make it there eventually. But for now, I'm really looking forward to experiencing those scenarios with Seth or Rick or whoever and getting that experience and building up to it. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think these um, experiences have an effect on your creativity and and your inspiration to, you know, keep drawing and and things like that? Do you, what does that kind of have an effect on for you? Yeah, it's a driver for sure. You know, a lot of times when I'm stuck inside drawing, I have those memories of being out there to look back on. And because I'm so inspired by the outdoors, it's it's good to have that little arsenal of memories that keeps me connected to those moments. Yeah, absolutely. So with, you know, going back to the artwork, it takes you a ton of time to, to create one piece, right? Yes. And... I mean, obviously, you must have a ton of patience to work on these because I feel like you're literally, literally, it takes you like a a lot of time to just draw one feather or one patch of fur or whatever. Like, do you think, did you ever think that you would have had the patience to work in hyper-realistic art? So a lot of people ask me to do time lapses of my drawing and I am telling you, it's just not possible because it would look like, (laughs) you know, a distracted squirrel or something because I... I just, you can't sit down and do that for a long consecutive period of time. That process for me looks like small pieces of time sitting down. Mm. It's, it does take a very long time and it it has made me a more patient person, but I still get very frustrated because I'm trying to ramp (laughs) up this business. Right. And it might take me a month to finish a small piece. Right. You know, right. That's, 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of crazy because like with photography, you can take a year's worth of shots and that can compose your portfolio. You know, heck, I mean, you can run outside and take some shots for your portfolio. So what's what's the longest piece that you've worked on thus far? Um, I usually, I try to keep them under a month. So I was working on a commission. Oh, yeah, it does take a long time. I was working yeah. on a commission while I was moving. And because I was working on all those other things at the same time, it took me a month mm-hmm. to complete that. We'll see how long things take me here. In Nebraska, I had a lot of time. Here, I right. have a little bit less time. So I think that will look a little different. Mm-hmm. I actually have been able to surprise myself. You know, when I get a commission request, I'll tell the person it'll take six weeks and it'll take me three. So I try to mentally prepare myself for a longer period right. of time. Right, right. Kind of double up on the time required. Yeah. If you, you know, that's that's always a good rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. You know, always always give yourself twice as much time as you think. And right. So that's that's great that, you know, your clients are, they understand the value of giving you that time. And I think a lot of a lot of people, at least in this time, day and age, the instant gratification is just like it's just crazy. You know, people just expect things, and this is a general speaking term. But it's like people just expect things right away. You know, right. or like like I want it and I want it now. And it, it's so cool that people will give you that time to produce that, and it literally takes a month to it's even longer to create one piece, you know, mm-hmm. like one piece. Do you have, or have you had anyone kind of reach out to you to try to force you to do something faster or, you know? No, I have been extremely fortunate to work with the people that I have. Everybody, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you reach out to an artist to have them create a piece of art for you, you're interested in that person for what they are. And usually these people follow me on Instagram or kind of follow my story. So they want a piece of that experience as well. So they are right off the bat, pretty understanding that this takes me a long time because I talk about that a lot. I have not had any bad experiences. You have your tire kickers or whatever, but the people that have actually purchased a commission and followed through with that process have been extremely great to work with. Yeah. I just hope that the artwork you sent me gets your place in. Speaking of instant gratification, right? <laughs> I said it should be. I, I forget when they said it should be there, but um, it was sent through the postal service yesterday. So nice. There you go. I'm putting there you on you the spot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm very excited to receive that piece, and you know, I think, and this is just me, but I don't know. You know, when people purchase your artwork, like you said, it's like I want to purchase it because it's something special. You mm-hmm. know, I, I mean. The drawing that you sent me was a trout, right? It was a trout. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was a trout. Brook trout. <laughs> yeah, it was a brook trout. <laughs> and, you know, for me, when I buy it, I'm not just like, oh, well, like, I'm just buying this picture. It's like that picture, you know, I, I intend to frame and, like, give to my newborn son, you know, when he Aww. gets a little older to, like, appreciate little things like that. That's you know? great. Thank you. And I hope that that will be, like, an inspiration for him to get into the outdoors and to look at that brook trout and be like, wow, this thing's so beautiful, you know? And like you said, try to protect these animals. And, and, you know, we have a bunch of drawings and paintings of like elk and pheasants and ducks. And, you know, I think you're, you're kind of, for us, it was, it was something that was completely unintentional, but I think maybe it, that is kind of the general effect that you have on your clients is like, they want a piece of something, not only to observe and, and to, to look at it because it's a great, 
work of art, but also to remind themselves of, you know, the outdoor space out there and how important it is to protect, you know, these sources of inspiration. If I can in any way emulate or pass on how much I care about the outdoors through my art, I mean, that is the epitome yeah. of what I want to do, right? So that's Absolutely. that's my goal. And I really appreciate that you see that. Absolutely. And heck, even the, the Bristol Bear, I mean, when you drew that and, you know, you, you put it out there, I was like, man, this is like, if you don't appreciate salmon and a bear after this like you know just just to see how how profound that inspiration was for you and how strong it is for you to sit there and draw it you know it's 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 pretty awesome and i think when people look at that drawing they receive some of that inspiration too and i think it's it's really cool that you're working with uh is it two percent for conservation yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yep. I'm glad you did because I actually am working on my 2% certification today. So oh, heck yeah, yeah there this, you go. this week, hopefully I'll gain certification and appreciate you mentioning that piece because it fulfilled me in a way where I want to continue to do that in my artwork. You know, I mm-hmm. it was everything I wanted all together. It was this awesome design and piece of artwork that I had a lot of fun creating. It gave money back to an organization that I believe in, to a cause that I'm concerned about and brought attention to conservation issues. So I think you'll see a little bit more of that in my work. Good, good. I'm glad that I brought that up then. Yeah. <laughs> so What's on tap for 2019 for you? I keep telling Seth this is going to be the best year ever. I mean, we have such a long list of things we want to do. It's going to be crazy. He, I don't know if he talked about it a lot, and I don't want to give anything away, but we're working on a super exciting turkey season project that he mm-hmm. kind of thought up and super excited to see where he takes that and excited to be a part of it. I was I hunted really hard for turkeys last year and was unsuccessful, which was great because I learned a lot, right? right? So this year, I'm really excited to get my first turkey. <laughs> I'm going to be gaining my Montana residency later this year, so hopefully I'll get to... Oh, that's huge. Uh, yeah, I'll get to... <laughs> right? I'll get to participate in some hunts, and I'm just really excited to be along for the ride and yeah. experience the outdoors like these guys have. And if, you know... People listening haven't followed along with Seth and Rick's journey. It's incredible. I highly recommend taking a peek into their lives. Um, Super fortunate to be kind of following along with them this year. And Mm -hmm. for myself, just looking forward to continuing with this artwork thing, seeing where it goes. I mentioned before, I'd like to acquire status into some galleries. So I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to seeing how that comes together this year. I'd like to have my family come visit Montana and see it for the first time and just enjoying. It's been my dream to be here for a long time. So to revel in that this year, I think is going to be a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting that you just said that, right? It's like, it's been a dream for a long time and it's, it's just starting. Right. You know? And like a, a common theme that I think we've recorded, I think like 10 podcasts so far you know, since we since we sent out the invites, which is kind of crazy because we thought no one was going to get on want to get on the show, but the occurring theme that we kind of saw was like everybody that is in this industry, and I'm I'm talking about the hunting and fishing and out, outdoor industry. Yep, everybody had this dream for a long time, and they just they knew it was out there, but they just didn't know how to like achieve it. You know, and once I started talking to people you realize how much work 
went into getting them where they are. I mean, Seth and Rick are prime examples, right? When yeah. I talked to him yesterday, like he works at Meat Eater and people mm-hmm. probably look at him and they're like, oh dude, he's got a dream job. It's like, but then people don't know that him and Rick have worked so hard for so many years to get that dream job and like achieve it, you know? And now they're working even harder. Oh yeah. And it's, it's not like, oh, I got my dream job. I'm like going to like do my thing and like slack off. Now they're working even harder to push that dream even further. So it's so cool to see people one for one, you know, going from, for lack of a better term, A to Z, like mm-hmm. I want to do this and I'm going to do it somehow. Right. Like I remember when I spoke to you about like, yeah. So like, what's your plan to get to Montana and like Bozeman? You're like, I have no idea. Like, I'm just going to like try to get there as, you know, however I get there, as, you know, I'm going to get there. And so yeah. like, boom, you're here. <laughs> it, it all comes together when it, you're, it's your passion. I think everything happens for a reason, you know, Seth with Meat Eater and Rick with FHF, that happened by design, right? Because yep. they worked for it. Yep. Two, three years ago, if you told them that would be a reality today, they would tell you you're crazy. But everything they've done in the last whatever years or, you know, they've been extremely passionate about hunting and the outdoors and conservation mm-hmm. for their whole entire lives. It didn't start when they began dreaming about coming out here. I mean, they've been right. they've been experts at this since childhood just because it's what they've done 24 seven. So people are seeing it pay off now, but it's still hard work. Mm -hmm. And that's the key is when you feel like you're, you've gotten to a place where you're realizing your dreams, that's kind of where the work begins, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And I think there's kind of some hardship to that too, where you realize what your dream is. And then you, you realize there's going to be so many sacrifices to make that come true. You know, whether it's, quitting a job or, you know, leaving home or heck, you know, selling things to buy different equipment. Like there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into realizing your dreams. So, so I guess I'm going to segment into that by saying like, you know, if you, if you met a younger Kelsey, you know, uh, <laughs> Kelsey, uh, the Kelsey in high school, let's, let's go back to that. Right? Oh, it's man. Like the Kelsey in high school that won the scholarships and was drawing and then you know, the young Kelsey is sitting there looking at college applications, right? <laughs> and it's like, what would you tell her? Like, if you could magically like teleport and be like, yo, dude, like, don't do that or do this or, hey, you know, pay attention to this. Like, what would you tell her? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I don't know if I would, who's to say what would happen if you took a different path? Because right. even though I didn't go to school for art or I spent a lot of time in a place that I didn't consider home, I still mm-hmm. made it here. So who knows what would have happened if I didn't, you know, go through any of that. I guess I would just tell her to stay focused on what's important. <laughs> and, um, you know, when you're a kid, you do a lot of dumb stuff, right? Yeah. But you have to learn from your experiences. So probably just stay focused and draw more. If I would have started drawing sooner, I'd be mm-hmm. a lot further along now. Yeah. So It's interesting that you said that because Seth said the same thing oh, really? yesterday with a camera. He's like, man, I would, tell my, I would tell myself to pick up a camera because I would be so much further along. But it's just really interesting to see what people would have said to their younger selves. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also another kind of recurring theme is, you know, everybody's pretty much saying they would have started earlier or something like that. And to me, it I wouldn't say it's sad, but it's it's kind of like, man, you know, 
is our environment kind of designing us to say no to our dreams? You know, oh, absolutely. Like, I think so. Like, you know, it's like our, you know, are the worries and kind of real expectations of your life crippling people from following these creative outlets? And instead, we kind of like, you know, smother it and we're like, you know what? I'm going to go do something that like provides me a living and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. What else would you tell her? Okay, this is a funny story. It's, it's, it's funny to bring that up. I think everybody probably has some level of that in their life, right? Just yeah. society today, whatever that means, there's expectations on what to do to establish yourself. You know, you need right. to make a living, you need to have a secure lifestyle, whatever. And I, I'm inspired by people that defer from that. But mm-hmm. I, I've had that heavily in my life. Uh, <laughs> like before I went to college, junior, senior year of high school, I remember this very vividly. I told my parents I wanted to move out West and work on a ranch. I didn't want to go to school. <laughs> I wanted to go, I don't know, wrangle horses or whatever in the West. And that's what I was going to do. Yeah. I wasn't going to go to school because I wanted to be a rancher out West or whatever, or some <laughs> like vagabond cowgirl. And I wanted to do that so bad. And my parents were strict about it. You're not doing that. You're going to school, you know, you're going to go for business and you're going to get a corporate job. And I did, you know, I, and I'm fortunate to be in the position where I am now that I have a job that supports my lifestyle. So it was probably for the best. I don't know. But yeah, I think that happens a lot. I would, would I tell young Kelsey to follow that dream? <laughs> yeah. Pack up your boots and your cowboy hat. And yeah. Just go do <laughs> Shit in another life, probably. <laughs> so it's interesting because, you know, like, like you said, Seth's mom is, is visiting and mm-hmm. stuff. And what would your, or I'm, I'm sure your parents obviously know what you're doing now. And, and literally you moved out West and you're doing all this stuff. Like what's their reaction? You know? Oh, they love it because I still have the corporate job, right? <laughs> so I still have that level of security. When I was trying, you mentioned earlier that I was saying, I don't care what I have to do to get out here. I just have to get yeah. there. And I, yeah. I had a date. February 5th of 2019 was when my lease ended. In the beginning of January, like for the first of the year, I still didn't have a job. Yeah. So I said, no matter what, when my lease ends, I'm not going to renew my lease. I'm just going to pick up and go no matter what happens. And my parents were extremely worried about that. You know, I'm 25 years old and they were still very opinionated about my (laughs) life path. And I have extremely smart, risk adverse, but my parents know what they're talking about. So I, I trusted my mom and especially my dad with what he had to say. And I was going to do it whether it came together or not. But fortunately, it came together and we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, but, there's there's no call saying, I told you so, right? Right. <laughs> and it would have been from my dad, not from me. They're, they miss me because I'm over 24 hours away. And I have a great family. We're all very close. But the way it all came together, they're, they're thrilled that I'm out here following my dreams and enjoying you know life as I wanted to. So mm-hmm. yeah, eventually... Eventually, I think life will bring us back east. I don't know what that mm-hmm. looks like, but you know, Seth and I, both our families are from the east, and that's home. We love it there. Yeah. But right now, this is where life is happening, and we are thrilled to be out here. Yeah, I, it's interesting because I, I do remember 
talking to Seth about that two years ago, about him, you know, wanting to go back to his grandfather's farm, I think, or his, his, his like mom's farm. Yeah, his whole family lives on this farm and they have mm-hmm. a really amazing piece of land. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of interesting how, you know, you have all these dreams and stuff and you want to move out west, but that kind of like pull of home, it's like so strong sometimes, you know, and and you work all your life to like get out as far Mm -hmm. away as possible from home. And then when you're out there, you're like, dang, like I kind of want to go back, you know? Yeah, you miss it. You get homesick. When are you moving out west, by the way? (laughs) Well, good thing I have headphones on and my wife isn't listening. (laughs) But, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously... We've thought about it. You know, I, I think uh, with MSM, we travel so much and we see some pretty cool places. And I think we're kind of happy with that. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I guess I've always wanted to travel. And like you said, get out West and do all this crazy stuff and never grow roots, you know? Right. But now that I have, you know, my family and I have little Teddy, it's like... Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. And it's like, you know, I I love traveling, but like you said, like... I miss home, mm-hmm. you know, and home is, you know, where my dogs are and my wife and my kids. And so I don't really think there is going to be a certain location we want to be. And it's like, well, wherever they are, like that's, that's going to be home to me. It just kind of sucks because there isn't that, like you said, that community of, of photographers mm-hmm. and hunters and stuff, which I do miss a lot. Well, correction, in DC, there really wasn't a, commu- a, right. a community of, of hunters and fishers, but that one little click that we did have, like that was like our little click, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's been good. And, and I, like I said, I, I always have that yearn to get out West and obviously going to come visit you guys as much as I can this year, which is going to be super fun. I was going to say, we um, have a spare bedroom, so come on over. Oh, heck yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited and, you know, I, I can't wait to, to see your work progressing this year. I think 2019 is going to be a huge year for everyone. It's just kind of funny because, you know, at ATA, I was talking with Nicole Qualtieri uh-huh. and she's actually another individual, right? That kind of has, has had a crazy path as well. She's from um, Ohio too, right? I don't recall. Uh, maybe I'll somewhere out east. Her. I might be wrong on that. But yeah, I'll have to ask her. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she's, she's now a Montana mm-hmm. and, you know, we were kind of sitting there at ATA and we were like, wow, like everybody is in these like weird not weird, but like these jobs now. And we kind of followed everyone. Like Nicole was, you know, she's now with Gear Junkie. Yep. And before she was with ZBZ and then she went, you know, she was a a freelancer and all this stuff. And so it's just really cool to see everyone, like you said, go about their path. And uh, I hope that this podcast is going to kind of shed some light on, on everybody, everyone's behind the scenes, air quotes, you know, travels to get to where they are. But yeah, so. that's that's cool. And I'm really glad you're doing what you're doing because it's important to understand if you are inspired by someone or idolize their position in life, it's really important to understand where they came from. So I, I hope that people can listen and take that to heart. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, I think this platform and I'm not like plugging the platform or anything, but, you know, we, we didn't want to monetize it and there were going to be no ads on it because we just wanted this to be a place where we just talked about this kind of stuff without any, you know any strings attached or like, Oh dude, like, don't say that. Like, yeah, you know, we're not sponsored by them or like, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's like just talking shop, but as well as just a place for us to kind of commune back together. And like you said, that, that click, right. It's like, we didn't, we felt like everybody's kind of so dispersed 
like you guys are out in Montana, but there's photographers in Pennsylvania and Maryland mm-hmm. and, and Wyoming and stuff. It's like, well, what if we could create almost like a little cloud air coats again, community where we just chatted about this and followed, you know, people that we enjoy or kind of look at as role models. I think that's that's a good thing about Instagram too. I'm going off on a tangent here, but no, it's that's, a, that's a good thing about Instagram is like you can follow your idols, you know, with like kind of like creeping on them, but like yeah. then they don't know that you're drawing inspiration from their work, but like it's kind of cool that people can do that. You know, like when I started taking pictures, like I had a handful of guys that I follow, guys and gals that I followed that was like, ooh, I like their work. And like you mm-hmm. follow them and you creep on their stories and you see how they do things. And I hope that people kind of look at your work and they do the same thing. Like, oh, like what's Kelsey doing? Like, oh, okay. Like that's the kind of pencil she's using. Like, yeah. You know, that's her, you know, she's got her laptop set up. I got to like set it up that way. <laughs> it's it's just, it's just neat. Cause if you're interested in something, it's a way to learn more about it. It's kind of like yeah. a modern day research, just a little fancier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you're super busy and, and you've got a lot of stuff going on and you guys got family in town. So I'm, I'm going to let you go, but thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And, you know, we're really excited to see you in 2019 and see your work progress. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Kelsey. Thanks again for joining on today's episode of the Burning Creative Podcast. Don't forget to show us some love by sharing, subscribing, and following along on our website, theburningcreative.com. Until next time, keep the fire burning.